Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Zero's Road to Deadpool 3 starts here. BD here with Aaron Perrine. Hi, BD. We got oh. Jamie Jurak. Good morning. And we got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. What's up, everybody? We are doing our X-Men, 2000s X-Men movie, 24 years later. Recap, review, breakdown, discussion as part of the Road to Deadpool 3. A little quick notes to get everybody up to date on some stuff we have coming on Phase Zero. So today starts the road to deadpool 3 officially uh we are going to talk about x-men two weeks from now we're going to do x2 so we're starting this all the x-men movies it's going to be only x-men movies and deadpool so logan is in that deadpool movies are in that we're not going to do all the fox movies uh we will eventually at some point do like ghost rider and blade and these other movies that were not part of marvel studios but for the sake of making sure we can get through all of them with other bonus episodes that we're going to have along the way we are doing i think it's 12 13 something like mm-hmm. that some a little more than a dozen movies to get ready for deadpool 3 so that all these characters all these moments all these multiverse opportunities are fresh in our minds uh next our, our bonus episodes going forward are now on mondays by the way as you can see here we are uh jail self Scardi spoke up said hey monday might be a better day so we're trying it out so we're, we're going to try this out uh, jenna we got a cool episode coming next monday and i want you to do the honors and introducing what this one is yeah, so uh, BD and I are going to be talking to Zawe Ashton to kind of celebrate the Marvels hitting Disney Plus and hitting home release. We're going to talk to her about all things Darben and MCU, so we're very excited for that. That's right. Our next Spotlight episode will be dropping. We'll probably drop that one Monday morning. We typically do our bonus episodes at 2 p.m. Eastern time when they're live, but for the sake of people who go to work on Monday and everything, we want to make it available. We might roll it out on YouTube at this time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, but we'll probably drop the podcast audio since it's going to be pre-recorded. Uh, on Monday morning so that it's available for everybody uh, to make your morning traffic and commute and all that better. Maybe your lunch break, maybe your workout, wherever you listen to us, we love you for it. I feel like there was something else I was supposed to say, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, Go watch Tom Hiddleston play Heads Up on the Phase Zero Twitter uh, comic book Instagram account. That was awesome. I flew down to Megacon and Tom Hiddleston, I couldn't believe it. He actually did play Heads Up with us and he was very, very good at it. So that's a thing. (laughs) But today is all about X-Men. We're probably six days away from the Deadpool 3 trailer. So today we're talking about X-Men. And you know what that means? To start these things off, I will never do it again myself. I will never recap these movies (laughs) in the way Jamie does because the people came for me and they were right of in doing so. (laughs) Jamie, can you give us your your iconic refresher? Oh my gosh, yeah. all about? Wow, okay. I I don't know why I didn't didn't expect this, but I should have. Okay, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Mutation, it is the key to our evolution. But every few millennia, evolution leaps forward. 1944, Poland, Nazi occupied. We see a young Eric. He's so sad because those terrible Nazis are ripping away from his mother from him. He reaches, he tries to get her, but he can't. But the gate smashes. He 
is a mutant. Many years later, around maybe the 2000, it is Mississippi. We've got a young rogue. She's in bed with a boy. They're being flirty. They're about to engage in her first ever kiss. They kiss, but oh no, he's getting the life force sucked out of him. She is a mutant. What is going on? Mutants exist. And now we have our lovely Jean Grey. She is speaking in front of a committee and letting everybody know that this against Senator Kelly, because Senator Kelly is like, mutants need to be registered. This is bad. We don't know what's going on with these people. And she's like, listen, to say mutants are dangerous isn't fair. Anybody can be a danger behind a wheel of a car. And he's like, well, we license people to drive. And she goes, you can't license people to live though, huh? Can you? And so it's like, wow, this seems like it's really going to blow up. And then uh, Professor X is there and he's looking up and he goes, oh, I see somebody. And he goes and he goes, Eric, what are you doing here? Eric and Magneto, or that's the same person, Magneto and Professor X, they come face to face and they know that things are going to blow up because Magneto, he believes that human beings are not going to accept them. But Professor X, he believes in his heart that humans are good, and this might become a problem later between the two of them. Now we are in a cold area. There's a man. His name is Logan. He goes by the Wolverine. He's in a whole cage match. He gets people to fight, and this big guy comes up, and he's ready to fight, and the guy who runs the cage match is like, don't hit him in the balls. And he's like, I thought anything goes. And he goes, yeah, but he'll take it personal. Bam, boom. Wolverine knocks him out because he's amazing. He's go he's so strong, and also, he's got metal in his giant fingers. So, then Magneto's at the bar and he's like, give me a drink because I'm a winner. And then there's, oh, there's Rogue. She's also at the bar. And she's like, oh, just water for me because I don't have any money. And the guy's like, taking that money away from you so you don't steal it. And then uh, the the guy that, uh, that Wolverine beat in the cage comes to attack him. And she goes, look out. And then he goes, whoosh, and he pulls out. His, his big metal thingies. And and then the, uh, the bartender gets a shotgun and he goes, you get out of here, I know what you are. So then Wolverine gets out of there, but Rogue sneaks into the back of his truck and then he's driving, he's driving. Oh no, Wolver Rogue's back there and he tries to get rid of her, but she's like, I'm so young and I, and I need help. And so they're in the car driving and they're chatting. And at one point she's cold. He tries to go to fix the heater and she jerks away. And he's like, I'm not gonna hurt your kid. And she's like, it's nothing personal. And then she's like, what kind of name is Logan? What kind of name is Lo Rogue? And she's like, it's Marie. And then she's like, those are dog tags. What are those going on there? Did you, does that mean you fought in the army? And he's like, bruh, bruh. I don't know. And she goes, you should put your seatbelt down. And he's like, okay, I don't need to put my seatbelt on. Oh no, crash. He flies through the window. It's Sabretooth. Ah, what's going on? He's all smooshed up. And then all of a sudden, whoo, he wakes up. He's in a table. What's going on? There's a beautiful woman. It's Jean Grey. Ah, he slashes. He freaks out. He's running around. He finds a giant X on a big wall. Whew. He's at the school. That's what's going on. And then he's like, what's going on? Why does Magneto, they're like, Magneto wants you for some reason. Uh, you need to stick around for a bit. And he's like, but why? I don't know. And they're like, we don't know either. Hi, I'm Professor X. This is what Cerebro is. That's Jean Grey. And he's like, wow, she's beautiful. I think I'm in love with her. I'm sorry that I slashed at her. But oh no, she's got a boyfriend. His name is Scott. He's really obnoxious. He's, got his, he's also known as Cyclops because he's got boom, boom, beam powers out of his eyeballs. And then at one point he's like, He's like, aren't you going to tell me not to go scam on my girl? And he's like, if I, she wouldn't be my girl if I was going to do that. Love triangle alert. But Rogue's doing well because now she's fitting in the school. Oh, don't forget about Storm. She's also an X-Man. She works there. She's like, I'm a teacher too. And so all that's going on. Meanwhile, Magneto, he's unhatching an evil plot to get the humans to turn into mutants. So he grabs none other than Senator Kelly because who better to turn into a mutant than their biggest foe? And they 
do all this thing. But then he's like a watery man. And he's in a, in a cave above, for some reason, above like a cliff. And then he goes, and he slips through the bars and he flies through. And then Magneto comes in and Sabretooth's like, boop, I'll let him slip. And then he's like, he locks Sabretooth in there for a little bit just to uh, teach him a lesson because he lost Senator Kelly. And then, cut to a little bit later, somebody's walking up from the water on a beach. It's a water man. No, it's Senator Kelly. What happens? He needs help. Then the X-Men, they decide to help him. But here's what happens. He is there and he's crying and he's dying and he's like, please, I need someone to stay with me. And it's Storm. And she sits there and she holds his hand and he says, I don't want to be alone. And he goes, do you hate humans? And she says, sometimes. And then he goes, well, you've got one less human to hate now. <sighs> he's up a water bubble and this, and he dies. And this is how they found out that whatever Magneto's doing, it is not going to work. Then at one point, uh, Rogan, he's in bed and he's like having a bad dream. And Rogue's like, what's up with him? I'm going to go sneak into this room because clearly I have a little crush on this Logan guy. And he goes, she goes into the room. She goes into the bed and then she wakes up and he goes there goes, Wah! and he gets his claws out and he accidentally stabs Rogue. And then she touches his face and she heals herself. Because what else was she going to do? He stabbed her in the chest. But then all the kids run in and they see this happening. And they're like, oh no, what's going on? And the next day, Rogue is like worried and she's there. And then Bobby, I forgot to mention Bobby. He is a fellow student. He is an ice man. He's there and he's like, guess what? Everyone's mad at you. Everyone hates you. Everyone thinks that you're bad because you did that to Logan. And she's like, ah. he goes, you better leave now. Oh no, it's not really Logan. It's someone else. It's Mystique. We haven't met her yet. She, we have, but I haven't mentioned her yet. She's blue. She can turn into anybody she wants. It's a really cool power. And so Rogue leaves. Oh no. <sighs> she gets on a train, but then who uh, Professor X sends or sends Logan. He's like, go get, we got to go get Rogue. She's, we love her. And then, so she, we're on the train and Logan's like, come on, Rogue, let's give these nerds another chance. They seem to really care about us. And she's like, okay, but oh, Magneto shows up in the train. And then Logan's like, what do you want with me? And he goes, does that metal body run, that metal run through your entire body? Wow. Hoo, hoo. And he goes, who said I ever wanted you? Boom. And then he smooshes uh, Wolverine down the train car because he didn't want him. He wanted Rogue after all. He kidnaps Rogue. And oh, earlier there, uh, at, and then at the station, at the train station, there's a whole showdown between uh, all the police, and then we've got Magneto, and every, it's one of the coolest scenes in the history of Marvel, when all the police have their guns up and they're ready, and then Professor X gets into Sabretooth's brain, and he's like, and it's a whole showdown, and and then one of the gun goes off right into near a cop's brain, and, and then Magneto's like, I can't stop them all, Charles, but it's okay. It ends up being okay. And then, so then it's a whole show, everyone's fighting, things are going down, at one point, uh, Mystique turns into Wolverine, and it's Wolverine versus Wolverine, and you can only tell which one's Magneto, because She's like, giving flirty eyes. Uh, I'm really mad mystique, but I'm dressed up as Wolverine. And so they're all fighting. Meanwhile, Magneto is taking Rogue to the top of the Statue of Liberty because he is going to use her powers to make his giant machine work and turn everyone into mutants, even though we know that shit's not going to work. So everyone's fighting down below, uh, you know, uh, Wolverine stabs mystique and eventually though they all get kidnapped they're all is they're all stuck in the top of the statue of liberty it looks like things aren't gonna go their way but they're the x-men they prevail they take down magneto they save rogue she almost dies she gets a white streak in her hair we know it it looks familiar magneto he's now in a prison it is a plastic prison all it seems to be well there uh rogue is happy in school logan he's gotta leave he's got things to find out about himself i didn't mention this before but he does not know who he is. So he's going to go discover himself. And you know what? 
seems to me like we're setting up a sequel babies and i that is x-men i hope i Man, didn't i really hope they make another one of these <laughs> jamie how do you have any breath left seriously i i, I felt like i could keep going I, I love this movie that was fantastic when when did you watch it last <laughs> um i watched it this week and also in december Oh, wow, God. that's a uh, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah. That is that is you're like, oh, I wasn't ready for this. Boom, delivers the recap of the century. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you all for letting me do that. Uh, next time, maybe I'll try to be shorter. It's hard when you know the movie really well because then you want to get all the details in. So thanks. Cla claps for Jamie. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so that is X Men 2000. Now, should we share reactions to the movie or should we share like a deeper dive into the movie first? We think. I think we should share our opinions first. Yeah. Let's go opinions. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. Uh, it was nice to revisit this. I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, Jay, I'm not Jeremy Drack, nor am I Jenna Anderson. I do not rewatch things as <laughs> often as my co-host. So this is my first time seeing it in like probably like eight years, something like that. It's been a long time. A lot of stuff's happened, guys. We lost four whole years where I don't remember what happened. And then the other four was just moving around. So I, I the casting is tremendous. Um, I also really kind of love that these movies have like grown into their, their own time capsule of that era of filmmaking. Like this is what all the blockbusters were like really shooting for mm -hmm. at the time. Um, that doesn't seem quite the same as now. I also think that funny enough, in a thing that we'll probably talk a lot more about, it there is a, a the modern version of this movie would not have quite so much setup with Rogue and Logan doing all the cool stuff to establish their characters. This, I was like, man, this is nice and languid and it's awesome. But I'm like, there's no way whenever we get whatever we're going to get, it, we're not getting 25 minutes of, you know, Hugh Jackman, uh, fight hustling, uh, in weird outskirts, Canada for this long. Um, and I don't know. It's like, the look is really striking. All the effects are slightly better. Like they held up better than I thought they would, which is really kind of cool too. And, you know, I was just about to say, there's a reason that these are the touchstones for all the stuff that comes afterwards. There really are. Costuming aside, costuming aside, they're the touchstones for everything else. So I was, I was, I was feeling it. Jenna, what about you? I, I like completely agree with Aaron. I, I rewatched things, but I hadn't seen this in at least a couple of years. And honestly, the last time I had watched this was before I really, really started getting into X-Men comics and the Krakoa era and everything. So even revisiting it in that lens, I found so much more to love about it. I think the way that they show the love triangle is so, so good, especially for the time. Like they really nail it. And all three of those actors really commit to it. And it makes me more excited to kind of like revisit that in the later movies, even though I know it gets a little messier. But yeah, I think it is such a nice time capsule and it is such a nice just kind of microcosm mm -hmm. of where Marvel movies were at. And the casting is just so good across the board that like even if you don't love everything, every single thing that's going on, especially in the later movies of the franchise, the cast is still just incredible. Yeah, I'm giving Jamie a chance to catch a breath like Trick Williams at NXT last night. Like, <laughs> give as much time in between. So I'll go. I'll go next. Uh I thought I, I think this movie is awesome. Like I, I remember watching it for the first time. I was like nine or ten years old, and I just it watching it again. I haven't watched it in a long time. I mean, many years since the last time I sat down and watched this whole movie. And watching it just really took me right back. Maybe in this, like it's just in 
it made me wish like, oh man, I hope Madam Web goes this practical and uh, like just re- just authentic as this movie was. Because like Aaron said about the effects, so much of the effects were found, they found ways to do them practically. Like obviously Toad's tongue and other things had to be added in. But even the moment with Sabretooth in the beginning when Storm shows up and starts blasting snow at him to get him to turn around and try to fight them back. Like I feel like that snow itself would be computerized now. And just watching it, it just feels like the texture is more there. So it, it, I really appreciate the, that element of this era of movies. So I will concede that uh, on Madam Web, I understand why you might uh, be, you guys might be a little excited for those things because you're, we're, we're probably going to get some of that in that movie since it is based in early 2000s and looks like it, it could be going that way. But yeah, back, this movie, the casting's great. It was almost, uh, it was like Lone Wolf and Cub type story before way before mando and the last of us did it like obviously these stories have been around for a long time but i feel like wolverine and rogue's relationship was really the the heart of the movie in a big way uh and wolverine really was sort of arguably the main protagonist i'd say of this story uh and just the supporting cast around him like you like jenna said was all so perfectly filled out you good freaking luck to whoever plays xavier and magneto after these i mean like just that first scene where where eric is covered in in shadows before he turns around and you just have their dynamic at the beginning and their dynamic at the end and these incredibly well performed well written and just designed characters are good luck to whoever has to take these roles probably after secret wars uh, they're fantastic. And uh, the, t- one last thing, the, I think the movie starts out brilliantly because this came out at a time when like superhero movies were kind of goofy, but I like in the nineties, not all of them, but a lot of them, like you had Batman and Robin and other silly comic book titles. And this one was like, we're not going colorful. We're not going silly. This is like starting in Poland in world war two. And this is some heavy stuff mm. like right out of the gate and it sets the tone for the movie doesn't stay that heavy but it certainly stays that kind of serious and in, in a sense so i i thought it, i just think it's a great movie i really really love this movie and it really got me hooked into into marvel at an early age uh jamie what do you think i love this movie so much uh there there are four x-men movies that are heavy in my rewatch rotation with some of the best of the mcu and this is one of them i watch it a lot and it was my introduction to marvel it's the first marvel thing i ever saw it came out when i was 10 and it was and because i was i was really into the burton and schumacher batmans and, and how silly they were this was a different balance and aaron mentioned uh the costumes and it's funny because at the time those costumes i don't think would have worked in the year 2000 mm-hmm. and and it is fun to have, see how far we've come and how much people do want those. But this movie, it, it's, it's certainly got its flaws. I, I do think Rogue isn't very roguey, but she's still, Anna Paquin as Rogue was m- my first favorite Marvel character. My first, and it is fun because I still like love right Rogue as well. And just uh, every, every, we've all said it, but the casting is so good. And it's also, we need to talk about the fact that this movie is an hour and 44 minutes. Mm-hmm. And like to introduce the X-Men in that runtime pretty smoothly is pretty impressive. And I, it's just, it's like a warm hug of a movie to me. I I, ever, all of these people, all these characters, these actors, they just make me so happy. I love them so much. And I just think this movie is quite infinitely rewatchable. It does do such a good job introducing not like the X-Men and their worlds. Like mm-hmm. one by one, the introduction of their powers is really unique. Like Wolverine in that first 
sequence in the snow shows you his claws and then shows you that he can sniff an enemy because Sabretooth jumps out of the woods immediately after he's like, and then turns and gets tackled and then shows that he can heal. And like, it just did such a good job of establishing those things. And then we're at the school and we get, it is exposition, but it's done in a way that just feels fitting, like not boring exposition, taking me out of the story. Uh, or maybe I'm just giving it a pass because this isn't 20 something years old and I, I have an appreciation for it. But when watching, rewatching it, I didn't feel like, oh, they're just dumping, you know, the explanation of the school on me. It felt like Logan would kind of meet everybody one at a time and then it would just naturally update us on the school, what the school was trying to do and build out that world. And then it would do the same on the other side of it with the counterpart and Magneto and his group of mutants. Uh, man, just a good movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, what do we got here? What can we talk about next? Actually, let's take a one-minute break real quick, and then we'll get into a deeper dive uh, into some stuff about 2000's X-Men. Great, great opportunity to subscribe to the channel on YouTube and share our show with your friends. We'll see you in a moment. back to the x-men review recap 24 years later man 25 would have just been so nice but here we are 24 years later uh talking about x-men from 2000 let's talk about magneto and xavier and their perfectly mirrored arcs in this movie and just the development of cerebro versus did did magneto's machine have a name that he was trying to turn humans into mutants did he i don't know if it had a name I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I don't think yeah. it did, but I, I think it was. It's really telling how they had the sim, the similar technology, and Charles used it to try to recruit people to help them, and Magneto used it to try to kind of force the mutant gene upon people who looked at mutants as outcasts. And I think that these characters and the commentary that it represents in the real world. And this is 24 years ago and the X-Men were made how many years before that? And we're here today and it's still incredibly relevant to things that are going on. Like when you watch that X-Men animated series, you're like, wow, this reminds me a lot of 2020. And it's like, well, it's almost like things aren't really changing that tough, you know? So I, what do you, I, I just think their dynamic, their mirror image of each other was fantastic in this movie. I will honestly argue, I feel like part of the reason why these movies are so beloved and why they became so important, even beyond people who were Marvel fans, is like that dynamic between the two of them. I think just like getting to go to the theater every couple of years and watch the two of them act against each other in this kind of adversarial, but still very loving relationship that we obviously get more and more details on as it goes on. But just like, I think that their dynamic is really the anchor of the entire thing. So I completely agree. And also, also this I hit home for Ian McKellen, mm -hmm. who, you know, it's like he's been he's a gay man and dealing with, you know, having the people trying to oppress the LGBT community, LGBTQ community. And he gets to kind of play a character who speaks up in a way that I don't know Ian McKellen would agree with necessarily because he's playing Magneto, the villain. <laughs> but, you know, it's like these the commentary is there. And obviously, I, like these are characters created as a commentary on civil rights year, many years before this movie came out. So. It's, uh, I I love their dynamic so much, and I, I really can't wait till we get to first class because that's one of my my favorite in terms of those two characters. But also, I think 
part of the reason why Patrick and Ian work so well is because they're BFFs in real life. Yeah. Like if you just Google photos of them, it mm-hmm. will sustain your heart for hours. Like uh, Patrick is always kissing Ian on red carpets. <laughs> it's so cute. They're just they, they've done a lot of theater together. They're just, they're theater boys, which I which I they're like as a theater kid, I know that dynamic so well. And and watching them, especially as older men have that it's it's really special and it carries through there is something to be said for real life friendship chemistry being used on screen it works mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can i just say one thing about Magneto before we move um i re-watching this made me think or at least may, maybe like kind of like reinforce my opinion that i wouldn't do too much rejiggering with uh his origin when we get to when we get to wherever we're going with the MCU is very, very powerful. The choice to open it on that, the kind of like, you know, pathos he brings to the whole, the whole role and stuff. It, it uh, almost, it, it is inextricable from those circumstances. So while I've seen people be like, it would be fine for this to be different, this be different. I wouldn't go uh, change it anything. I think that it's sometimes watching these older projects kind of reaffirm, like, you know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Let's, let's run her back. That's fine. Run her back. It works. Holocaust stuff and yeah, yeah. I agree with you, but for the sake of argument, it's we're twenty four years later now. How old would Magneto be at this point? If does that matter? Well, if he's a black Jewish person, black don't crack, we'd be fine. (laughs) You can use a hundred different points to justify why he is looking as old as he is when we get to the present day. Like the X Men comics and just popular culture have enough things built into where you could easily justify that. Yeah, I think it would be kind of messed up if they removed that backstory. Yeah. That is, I it. think that would be really bizarre. And like yeah. Jenna said, I think there are a million ways that they could make it make sense. But yeah. it is, but you do make a point, BD, like where it is interesting, where when we were kids, that was like, it was, you know, my great grandfather was alive and he escaped Nazi Germany. And, and that was something that like was tangible to me because I was close to my great grandfather, but like, mm-hmm. he is obviously since he passed away at 102 years old. And like wow. now uh, that, that, that generation is, it, it's, is gone because it's a long time ago and it is, it is something to think about. Yeah. I mean, if let's say he was 10 in that first scene in 2000, he's 75, which is believable. Now he'd be 95, which is, or, 99 and trying to you know do supervillain things the but, way i would do it taking a page out of the animated series just like stick him in the savage land for a little bit and he just ages a little differently there and then by the time he comes back to the present day he's a little bit younger than he should be more savage land <laughs> and we kind of got a savage land acknowledgement in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness right like kind of like a Split second, yeah. Maybe it was a Savage Land with the little dinos and stuff. Man, I can't wait to see Savage Land fully. Give me some pterodactyl snatching people out of the. <laughs> I am fully convinced it's happening in Deadpool three. I'm so convinced yeah. based on that one picture Ryan Reynolds shared, where their names were in the Jurassic Park font. Yeah, it, I like. Come on. Oh yeah, that actually that would make a lot of sense too. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. Oh yeah, that's the first thing I thought of because like I was like, why are they using that Jurassic Park? Font? I also feel like Ryan Reynolds would not pass at the opportunity to have like either Deadpool or Wolverine riding a dinosaur. Like I feel like that is the kind of visual that they can do with a Disney budget that they would really, really want to do. Here's the thing: Deadpool three feels like it's very much Deadpool kills the Fox verse, basically. But we we look back on the Fox verse almost in a memeish kind of way, like we're ready to bury it because it ended on such a fizzly mostly crappy note uh, in a lot of ways 
uh, but it also ended on some good movies. Like there were some Logan was towards the end of its run, you know, Deadpool two. I'm a, I like Deadpool two more than most people. I think is the kind of temperature I've picked up, but you look back at these and it's like, I don't really need to see Deadpool running around killing James Marsden and Halle Berry. Like I, I like these characters and these castings quite a bit. So, but if it's Ty Sheridan, what, you know, whatever. Okay. He can, wow. <laughs> we he don't want to see them die again. We've seen these characters die already too many times. Like, I don't, I don't want that again because that is crushing. I, I've, I've watched these people die or in Logan where it's like, <laughs> they already yeah. died. They're all dead. Like, I don't like let them. That's why I, like, we'll talk about it eventually, but that's why the ending of days of future past was so good. Let it stop there. Just let that. <laughs> that's right. There was the Easter egg back then. You touched, you guys, somebody touched on the costumes not being part of, uh, you know, the, the time period, the 2000s. Nobody thought you could make a movie with those colorful costumes. But Cyclops made a joke about it to Wolverine. He said, well, would you prefer yellow spandex? And every Marvel fan in theaters back then was, there, you know, or watched the X-Men animated series. Like, oh, oh. Did the, the Leo <laughs> meme back before the Leo meme existed. Uh, clearly referencing the, the design from the comics, which we are now going to get in Deadpool 3. Uh, Rogue's Boyfriend, this is something I picked up from a heavy spoilers video. Shout out to MT for the good work he did there. Uh, Rogue's boyfriend in the scene was named David in the comics, or was named Cody. No, no, no. Comics was Cody. Scene in the movie was David, named after David Hayter, who wrote this movie. And David Ayer, David Ayer, <laughs> David Hayter <laughs> later <laughs> released the Hayter cut. Uh, David <laughs> Hayter later appeared in the movie as the cop who found uh mystique who when she made herself into the cop with three stab wounds faking a dead alive thing after they she got in her fight with wolverine uh so that's kind of a cool little easter egg i thought uh is there anything what else? stan lee was the hot dog vendor uh, on the <laughs> beach when when the senator walked up as the the, the mutant fish man water man thing so that was cool stan lee cameo was it what was stan lee's first cameo ever I'm we pretty know. sure that was the first like proper Marvel live action yeah. one. Let's well, talk mole rats. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think counts. <laughs> yeah. So, did this come out right before Spider-Man? Yes. So then he just went back to back. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Stan. Uh, what else we got? Oh, I'm just looking at my notes. Magneto is a villain uh, with understandable intentions, which makes him so outstanding. Like it's like Thanos, in my opinion. You might not agree with their methods, but you want like they're fleshed out enough that you're like, oh, you know, I, I see, I see his point. Even though maybe don't go about it that way, but I see your point. That said, I would love to be a mutant. So hit me with it. Like, come on. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, you know, when I was a kid, I'd sit there and I just every once in a while, I'd just be like, did I get telekinetic powers yet? And still no, but I would just check every once in a while. So the I chat is going out. Oh, I will say. I just want to know what our dream. What our oh, dream I feel like we need is. to ask that at like the very end of this, unless okay, like okay, we all because okay. I'm like I don't even know what mine would be off the top. Got to think about. But it. I will say Sorry, the chat is pointing out he was in the Bill Bixby Hulk show as like a jury member, but like mm -hmm. that was so so before the idea of like having a cameo became a thing. So like this is the first movie one, so. Early in the movie, Rogue has the Twin Towers and a Statue of Liberty on a postcard, foreshadowing later in the film when she would uh, be on the Statue of Liberty near the Twin Towers uh, in New York City, where the film would culminate with the OG superhero Statue of Liberty fight. <laughs> Move over, Spider-Man, no way home. I thought that shot, like there's that shot of Wolverine with his claws going around the kind of the, one of the little spires on the crown. Mm -hmm. Back then, you know the filmmakers were just like, 
we killed this. And like, it's, <laughs> it just looks, it holds up. It's like obviously fake now, but like it looks, uh, it still looks good. And you know, back then that was like pushing things forward. That was brand new. That was incredible to see. Uh, and I, I really appreciated that. What else? One Toad. moment from the from the Statue of Liberty that I that I really appreciated more this watch because I've been rewatching X Men and the animated series because something about X Men the animated series is like Scott is like so annoying all the time he's like <laughs> such a dummy he's being so dumb and so the, uh, a part that I really appreciated on this watch was when they're in the in the Statue of Liberty and Scott is like Storm blast him and Magneto's like you want to set off electricity in this giant copper don't you live in a school <laughs> like, yeah Scott is a dummy isn't he that's why I love him. I will say, because when with Aaron talking about like how are they going to pale in comparison when we reboot this in the MCU, I would love if they also make Gene and Scott teachers at very least in the reboot. I, mm. I don't really want to just start completely with the original five as teenagers and we just build out from there. I feel like there is already so much X-Men lore we have never seen on screen that it would kind of suck to be that far along from any of it happening. So just make them teachers. Let them be like, I don't know, undergrad or postgrad, and they're just teaching at the school, and then that way we can have the multi-generational aspect of it. Yes. I Brandon. think there's been so many big moments in X-Men comics in the past, like, five years that mm -hmm. they can... And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. So I think that that is very much probably going to inform the stories we see in the, the Marvel Studios versions of these characters once we get past the Deadpool, bringing these guys back. But... uh I uh, yeah, I'm with you. Don't you don't have to change these things to be different. Like Spider Man has changed so much, which I'm fine with. I like I I'm I love the Spider Man trilogy in the MCU. Everybody knows I'm a fan of both Homecoming and Far From Home, and obviously also a fan of No Way Home. So I'm not like a comics purist who needs to see you know Uncle Ben. I'm fine with Tony Stark essentially being Uncle Ben. I know, hate me for it, but I am. So, but I don't think you need to take that same approach. Like, yes, these this early X Men movie is that good. But you can kind of do some similar stuff because what's so good about it is it is very true to these characters in a lot of ways. And if you change them, we, I don't need the, to be changed too dramatically. It's far enough away, too. It's far enough back. We can, yeah. Like Aaron said, run it back. That, I mean, we just need just Gambit. Need Give us Gambit. Exactly. Oh, boy. Here I'm scared. I, I almost, I'm, I'm, I'm almost impression a clock, but it's not happening. Nope. <laughs> oh, I, I will say, too, just as like a thing, I always make jokes about these because it's so funny that we can never make three of these in the sequence without the phoenix rearing her head. Um, that there's so much other stuff. Like, I would really love, but I also know this is a massive breadwinner for the studio and for the company in general, and they've all used that regular setup. The 90s cartoon is the most memorable piece of ephemera from this whole, like, franchise for a reason. So I'm not getting my hopes up for, like, Children of the Atom or, like, Ecstatics or anything cool, anything awesome, you know, it's not going to happen. Uh, BD, I would ask a question. Isn't Kiha Kwan, like, one of the, like, Stunt coordinator. Yes, Stunt coordinator yeah, on yeah. this thing. Yeah. yeah, he he was he was in his bag. I liked a lot of the fights. I was like, oh look at him go! Like this was. Really I'm cool. traveling, son of a gun. MCU <laughs> <laughs> for two centuries, two two centuries, two decades now. Uh, yeah, wanna... he, he also coordinated a fight with two Wolverines long before Logan did it. Because yeah. there was the scene where Mystique becomes Wolverine. They fight each other, and then Wolverine takes her claws off because they're not made of. They're probably just made of. I don't know what you'd call that, what Mystique transforms into. Probably not bone, probably not <laughs> not adamantium, but some extension of Mystique's body. And that causes her to like let out her voice in a scream instead of like the copy of 
Logan's voice. And I appreciated that Wolverine was able to sniff her out as Storm too. Like I, I, I really thought this movie did such a good job of using the powers and showing the powers be like, you know, so yeah. I, I feel like I, I want to say, because I left out of the recap, my favorite best line and my favorite worst line. And I think that they're both worth, worth talking about. My favorite best line is when, when Rogue asks if it hurts when the claws come out and Wolverine says every time that is the most effective line in all of comic book movies, because every single time he lets those claws out in anything I watch, my heart hurts for him because I think about how it hurts. That is like, it's truly so effective because I'm like, Oh no, it hurts. That makes me sad. Um, but the, we all know what the best worst line is. Uh, and that's what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning. <laughs> The same thing that happens to everything else. I feel like we gotta <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> I will say with the does it hurt every time, I was hoping we would bring that up in some capacity because I do love that line. I think it is an incredible line, but every single time I see it online in a modern context, it's with the gift from the animated series of him slicing bread with his claws. And so it just completely, <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, it hurts even when he's using it in like the goofiest, silliest context possible, <laughs> which like makes it so much better for me. <laughs> Patrick King is disappointed, Jamie, in the comments. I didn't say it was the worst bat. I said it was the best. I still called it the worst best. I still <laughs> love it. I would trade it for anything in the whole wide world, but it's silly. We all know it's silly. Toad, Toad spit his goop on Gene's face, which fortunately for Gene, it's not, it doesn't have the same powers as the comics where that would have just cooked cooked her skin right off. She would she would have been she would have been looking a little different if that was the same as the comics. Instead, it was just like Nickelodeon slime time. We got to clean this off so you can see again. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got here? I'm I'm pretty. Oh, I, I want to talk about that standoff scene. This is my last talking point. If you guys have anything, please throw it out there. But I thought that was one of the best scenes in the movie. The tension was great. Uh, Charles point, pulling the cops' guns out, pointing them at themselves, and all of the cops choosing not to move out of the way with no you know i think a couple of them probably could have just got out of there and nothing would have happened because charles had a lot of things to pay, or, uh, eric had a lot of things to pay attention to but then when charles takes over Sabretooth's uh mind basically to communicate with magneto i thought that was brilliant and like it was another great way of displaying the power of magneto's helmet the power charles has all these things and i, I thought that was such a great tense moment and i will never not i will never understand why some of those cops didn't just move out of the way while they were there <laughs> she, she was stood there like as if a person was right there but whatever dramatic tension i'll allow it but i thought that scene was great i feel like maybe he was keeping them there though because oh, and there was ow. enough metal going on where i don't think they could move because if they could move oh. they were their hands would come off the trigger uh well, i think that they were well, no, he took the right? guns and turned them, and they were floating in oh, front of the Oh, right, 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 right. Oh. Um, but they're they have metal on their bodies. I bet that they were somehow frozen in place. Man, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I whatever. I mean, ultimately, whatever. <laughs> but Aaron, what were you gonna say? I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke about Bobby because my poor, <laughs> my poor boy. He, he like, <laughs> why everybody's joking about but us laying out stuff like about like oh how you meet all of them. Poor Bobby is so, so one note. I, every time he came on screen after like, it's actually as the first time I was like, hey, what's up? I'm Bobby. And I was like, I make ice. Every time he came on screen for the rest of the time, I was like, hey, I make ice. That's his whole thing. The the later movies do a way better job with Iceman than we do here. I know there's not time. And he just gets to be like dreamy and like kind of a weird, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas post 
slightly kind of way. But like, yeah, I was like, poor boy. He's just he's just here to be uh, to get weird changelinged afterwards. It was weird. It was it was silly. I was like, going to oh. say, I feel like that's reflective of like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like you said, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, sort of teenage boy of like, they absolutely would be like, I'm Bobby. I make ice. Hi. Yes. Nice. <laughs> like, that just every conversation would start. That way. So I feel like that was kind of accurate in a way. Come watch me in horse sense. Uh... <laughs> All right. The end of the movie, that final scene, Charles and Charles and Eric in the glass prison. Just genius. Austin Powers went on to make fun of this. It was wonderful. Uh... <laughs> I think uh, the, 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 this is like when we started realizing like, man, there might be a whole universe here. There might be a whole franchise coming. And Charles never wavered, wanted to find hope. And Magneto was like, he, he didn't say it, but he was like, I'm flexing bust out of here at some point, you know, right? Uh, and then we were like, man, they might, they might do another one. And this was a lot. This was eight years before post-credit scenes. This was, you know, before any universes existed. Spinoffs weren't, I mean, like, sure, they were a thing, but not like in comic book movies, like, you know, how we have them now. Uh, I love that final scene and then kind of touching base with everybody and Lee, you know, they're, they're in their places and all that. But I think that that tension between them with the chess was just genius. What a nice touch having them playing chess with each other with little glass pieces. Whew, well done. So what a movie. What a film. What a picture. That's all I got to say about it. Anybody else got anything they want to talk about X-Men? I do have one joke that I tweeted about when I was rewatching this. Um, when Storm is teaching all of the kids at the school, like on the blackboard behind her, just as the Roman Empire. And I was like, she would kill it on TikTok in 2023. <laughs> like, I love that that ended up being the subject. Yeah, no, that's good. ahead of its time. <laughs> Thinking about it every day, even back then. Yep. Ariel was very perturbed. They just left all the kids there at the, at the school <laughs> to like go handle this thing. And no one stayed back there. And I was like, well, Charles is like corpses hanging out. Like he's, he's maybe he'll be fine. Maybe they'll be all right. <laughs> As we'll learn in the next movie, Colossus is hanging around watching the kids. He's yeah, there. We right. just haven't yeah. seen him. Yeah. yeah. I was cracking up those. I was like, Oh, come on. Your parents never stepped out. And like, was like, okay, just don't touch the stove. Like that's what they did. <laughs> You remember when the basketball court opened up for the first? When you watched that for the first time, when the bat and the jet came out, I oh that, my god! This was my this was my Hogwarts empire. Like this was <laughs> I, I remember everybody. You know, Hogwarts is one of the most immersive you know movie worlds you can go to. I think it, they did such a good job flushing that out in the Harry Potter films. But going to the mansion, I think that this did such a good job of establishing the school for gifted youngsters, the environment, the secrets it holds, the fit, like just the exciting things, and seeing the basketball court move and little ball rolls off and falls in. Just such great, such great world building for that location. And that's the kind of thing like we we right now, the MCU in the past few years, I feel like hasn't had that kind of thing, with the exception of being like She-Hulk's office, which was clearly a very well-built out environment. And you could like we even knew where the best, cleanest bathrooms were, stuff like that. Like, I mean, I think that uh uh then that's like a reason why I love Avengers Tower, for example, because we got to spend time in it and it became a place we became familiar with. Like the what they did with this mansion in this movie was so creative and thorough, and I really enjoyed that. I just realized we didn't talk about doors. We didn't talk about the basement. We didn't talk about how it looks like the weird, weird medical bay from the Marvels. Like we didn't even do any of that. Yeah, that's there's there's connections. Maybe it is. Uh, Joe, my Joe Deckelmeyer from Screen Rant asked Lashana Lynch if. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't. I don't know if they published that interview yet. They did. Did they? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he asked her if that's the same universe as the Fox universe, and she said she's not sure. <laughs> like this this movie we just watched so i, I believe that i believe yeah. that they're left they don't tell them but it is though i'm sorry you're not gonna get kelsey grammer in there and it not be the same that's that's ridiculous 
so not just that to see she, well, go ahead she's she's a liar too god bless her she's great <laughs> she's awesome because she said that they told her she was coming back from the marvels after she did uh multiverse of madness in the interview with joe and i'm like okay so they have her on a one appearance <laughs> payment plan where if you're here <laughs> and you're being the next one we will tell you what the next one is. we're not gonna tell you anything after that though because she said she did Captain Marvel and they're like we want you back for WandaVision and then while she was doing WandaVision they're like get on this zoom and then it was her <laughs> and Krasinski and somebody I think uh, who who was it oh Haley Atwell in a zoom like looking at each other like what are we all here for this is weird <laughs> and then after that it was like the Marvel so I would not surprise if she did know, but we can't we can't tell. My dream is that she and Kelsey are in Deadpool 3. I, I like to imagine that the actors go in there and ask questions like that. Like, hey, is this part of the X-Men universe from the previous movies? But I feel like so few of them even have the thought. I, it, and it just it's just you know they go to work they do the job and they go home and some like i don't know that they're i don't know they're picking it apart the same way we are some of them are like i believe tom hiddleston is in there asking every question i think and, and i think there's a few others that really really are so into the universe and the character of the franchise on yeah uh but i think some of them kind of show up do the job and they're like well i guess i'll just see whatever happens if i ever even watch the movie uh i think most of them do but I, I want someone in the comments is saying that it's obviously a different beast because it looks different. And you guys, that was 2006. Things are there. Things are different. And I think that they obviously made him CGI this time to keep him a surprise. Yeah. Okay. If you got Kelsey Grammer walking around in blue face, then <laughs> it's gonna, it's you people are going to know. So I, I don't think that that is an indicator that he's a different act uh, yeah. version of beast. Yeah. Well, we'll probably we'll see sooner or later. Who knows? Post credit scenes so. in the MCU. Sometimes they pay off these days. Sometimes you're left hanging for half a decade. Where are you, Shang-Chi? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, uh, well, that's our X-Men recap review bonus episode. Uh, anybody else got anything else they want to talk about on the X-Men front before we close this one out? I think we're good to go. All right. Next week, Monday, we will have Zoe Ashton talking about Darben and the Marvels on our Spotlight episode. A week after that, two weeks from today, we will have our X2 bonus episode, which uh, I'm going to try to get a little bit more structure. We can really break down, you know, reactions, Easter eggs, all that stuff. We're, we're going to learn with this as we go and try to keep them informative. If there's things you want us to do with these, please let us know by tweeting at us, commenting on Instagram, commenting on YouTube, all that stuff. We really appreciate the feedback. Uh, we will still have our every Wednesday live at noon Eastern time for MCU news. Let's just say Sunday night, we might just have to do a bonus episode, like an immediate reaction, live reaction. We just watched this epic new trailer type thing with whoever's available during that little football game that's going on. Uh, if you're not, I know Jenna is going to be glued to the screen because there's going to be somebody in a box seat. But, but <laughs> I also have to work. I also am asked to write articles that night. So I will be glued to the screen for a lot of reasons. Also, the Ben Affleck dunking commercial. So. Can you imagine NFL fans if not only Taylor Swift is at the game, but also in a Deadpool 3 trailer? They're going to cry. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's our schedule for the next couple of weeks. We got some cool stuff. So if the trailer drops Sunday, we will figure out whoever's available Sunday night. We will hop on here and do you know our immediate reaction thing as we do. So you have our word. Uh, I'm going to be home watching the Super Bowl with my mom. So I will be hopping on here immediately to talk about Deadpool 3 with y'all. Uh, Jenna, any last words for today's bonus episode? It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. As always, go read some comics. I mentioned them earlier in the show, but go read the Krakoa era of X-Men comics, especially Hawks, Pox, House of X, Powers of Ten. It's incredible. So at least go start with there if, if this episode made you want to read X-Men comics. Yes. Jamie, 
Uh, I want you to know I just bought the the first Krakoa era. Uh, um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I, I bought it recently, and I'm so excited to start it. So uh, read along with me, everybody, and learn things for the first time. And I want to say one more time, because Aaron said it, X-Men 2000 is the touchstone. We wouldn't be where we are. No one would have made Iron Man if it wasn't for the success of this movie. This movie brought us we wouldn't phase zero wouldn't exist if yeah. x-men didn't exist and i think that that is something really special uh follow me at jamie jarek on letterboxd instagram and tiktok and jamie cinematics on twitter aaron yeah aaron <laughs> 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 i didn't know he was gonna make it uh it's at some like horror on twitter um as jamie just said you should go read some expert comments if i said the word ecstatic so you have no idea what that is you need to go google yeah, and go find those stories if you like things like the Suicide Squad or Thunderbolts and those sort of concepts. Not giving too much away. It's it's a hoot. It's a very early two thousand style thing. So go find those. That'd be great. And also go read all of our wonderful, wonderful content on comicbook.com because Adam Barnhart is breaking down every single image from the Daredevil <laughs> <laughs> keep going on the internet. So if you just want to watch along before with Adam and then come back again when it actually airs, you can do that. And I, gotta and I think that's good. Just as you were saying goodbye, I got a delivery. And so, oh. oh my oh, God. Wow. Oh. So stay wow. tuned to social media because this Storm unboxing is about to be massive. It's so big it doesn't even fit in the frame. Wow. All right, I'm out of breath from carrying the dang thing. <laughs> <laughs> excited because it got delivered. Uh, all right, well that's our X Men show. See you in two weeks for X Two. See you in a week with Zoe Ashton. I won't be here Wednesday because I'll be seeing a, a web about a madam. And uh, leave a five star review. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Should play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. Uh, and all that good stuff. See you soon. Bye. Oh, I'm out of breath. <laughs>